Good morning. Today we're launching a new series entitled Through It All. It's a series on thankfulness because you know, Thanksgiving is just a little over two weeks away. I don't know if doing a sermon series on thankfulness will become something that we do each and every November, but I feel like it's important to do it this year. Why? Well, it is 2020 and if you haven't noticed, it's been quite the year. Of all the years where we may most need a reminder to be thankful, it's probably this year. Some of you may say, oh, thankful for what? 2020 has been a terrible year. Our plans have been disrupted, the world has changed, and there's uncertainty as to what lies ahead. Many have experienced pain and loss. 2020 has seen some of the worst displays of humanity that we can remember. This has been like no other year that we could remember, that no other year that we've ever experienced, full of disappointment, loss, and heartache. Which is exactly why I want to do this series on thankfulness. Because thankfulness may not come as easily this year as it has in the past. And as Christians, we are instructed to be thankful. It's something that should mark our lives. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, Paul writes, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Yikes. That's easy for you to say, Paul. You weren't around for the year 2020. Be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful during a pandemic in a world that is an economic crisis in uh, a time where there is political turmoil and a whole lot of uncertainty about what lies ahead? Come on, God, I, let's be realistic. I think you may be asking too much of us. I mean, how are we supposed to do that? Well, thankfully, God's given us his word and we're gonna turn to his word. We're gonna turn to this very passage uh, where we read this so that we can better understand just how to be thankful in all circumstances. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And as you do, let me give you a little background. 1 Thessalonians is a, is a letter written by Paul to the church in Thessalonica. Paul wrote it shortly after preaching there. Uh, and then after he leaves, he's worried about the potential of false teaching in that church. So he sends uh, Timothy back to go and do ministry amongst the, the church. When Timothy returns, he brings a good report, which prompts Paul to write this letter. Paul wrote to them because he wanted to encourage them during their trials. He wanted to give them instruction on Christian living and provide an assurance regarding those believers who died before Christ returned. In our passage, in chapter 5, Paul is bringing this letter to a close. And he gives some final instructions for Christian living. Let's read it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 12. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So in this passage, Paul lists specific ways that Christians display the changes that have taken place in their life because of their union with Christ. Verses 12 through 13, Paul says, hey, this is how you should treat the leaders in your church. This is the relationship you should have. Um, verse 12, honor and respect. Verse 13, love them. And then live at peace with each other because living at peace with each other is certainly a way to love the leadership of the church. Now, these instructions don't seem... Uh, unreasonable. They, they make sense. His reasoning makes sense. And while being at peace with everybody, that's a little more challenging, we really can't argue against that. 
Then in verses 14 through 15, Paul lists in rapid fire commands for Christian living and relationships with one another. He focuses on what to do with the lazy, the timid, and the weak. He says that we should warn the lazy, encourage the timid, and care for the weak. Again, these commands make sense. Pretty sure Jesus said many of these same things. Then Paul adds, be patient with everyone. Now, this one's a little harder to actually practice, but it totally makes sense, and it's consistent with what Jesus taught. Then we come to verse 15. Here, Paul echoes Jesus' words about not seeking revenge or giving someone the payback that they deserve if they've wronged you. Instead, he says uh, that we should do good to others instead of seeking justice. Well, this one really goes against uh, how we're wired as humans. But since Paul is echoing Jesus here, we really can't object to this instruction either. Then in verses 16 through 18, Paul addresses their attitudes. After all, doing the things he just instructed starts from what's inside a person. So he addresses attitudes. Verse 16, always be joyful. This is short and to the point, and the key word is always. Christian joy is not tied to circumstances. In fact, joy in the New Testament is often expressed in the midst of suffering. Earlier in the letter, Paul commends the Thessalonians for their joy in the midst of their suffering. Joy is both a gift, the joy of the Lord given to the believer, as well as a choice. It's a deliberate response that focuses on the grace and goodness of God. Then verse 17, never stop praying. Now Paul is speaking about uh, an attitude. He's not saying you should do nothing but pray all day long. Obviously, Paul was a missionary engaged in real activity, but he's saying, live with a constant attitude of being in God's presence. Live with an active connection to God. And when you do, you're going to find yourself talking to God throughout the day. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Again, these commands, they make sense for the Christian life. Now, they may not come naturally or easy, but there's nothing here that would give us cause to push back until we get to verse 18. Verse 18 gives us cause. Now, this is the verse we've been waiting for. This is the verse we started this message with. But unlike the earlier commands, here, I want to push back a little. Being thankful in all circumstances, at worst, it's, it's impossible. At best, it's highly improbable. You could even argue that it's nonsensical. Even during the best of times, being thankful doesn't come naturally to us. But in all circumstances, in difficult situations, in painful situations, thankful? Then Paul takes it up a notch and he says, for this is God's will for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That's God's will for believers, for those who are united with Christ. The fruit of being united with Christ is that they are thankful in all circumstances. Notice that this is not God's suggestion or recommendation. It's God's will. If you've ever wrestled with what God's will is for your life, here it is. Deciphering God's will doesn't get any easier than this. Be thankful in all circumstances. But just because it's easily stated doesn't mean it's easily accomplished. In a moment, we will look at how we can do this. But before we answer the question of how, let's make sure we are clear here on what is being asked of the Christian. If we don't, we may attempt to accomplish God's will by being dishonest with God and ourselves. Clarity is needed here before we attempt to live out this command because clarity opens the door to the possibility that this command may not be entirely impossible after all. Here it is. Notice that Paul says that we are to be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. Now, if we aren't careful, we can read the word in, but our brain will process the word for. And when we think it's for all circumstances, that's where we push back on this command. When we do this, we miss on what God is really 
wanting us to do. We are not necessarily to be thankful for difficult times. Attempting to do so would be disingenuous or delusional. Being thankful for all circumstances means that we are thankful despite difficult times. We are not to let disappointments, failures, loss, and hurt keep us from being thankful. Now you may be asking, well, thankful for what? I mean, in the midst of all of that, disappointment, failures, losses, and hurts, what are we to be thankful for? Well, the answer to this question is actually the key to doing what seems impossible. You see the for what question and the how do I question have the same answer. What am I supposed to be thankful about when life is hard? And how am I supposed to be thankful when life is hard? These two questions, they have the same answer, and that answer is God's grace. Forgive me if that sounds cliche, but I don't know what you expected the Bible to say. You see, it's God's grace where he reveals himself to his creation. It's because of God's grace that he made a way for man to be in right relationship with him through the sacrificial and substitutionary death of his son. It's because of God's grace that he's united us with Christ and we are made new. No longer living as we once did, we have new priorities and a new perspective. Now this new perspective is focused on his faithfulness to us rather than our circumstances. This new perspective believes his promise to never leave or forsake us. This new perspective trusts that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's because of God's grace that his mercies are new every morning. It's because of God's grace that we receive grace upon grace. It's because of God's grace that we have peace for today and bright hope for tomorrow. So yes, the answer to both how to and for what of being thankful in all circumstances is the grace of God. You see, being thankful in all circumstances means being thankful by the grace of God for the grace of God. Now, perhaps I've been a Christian so long that I forgot what it's like to be, to not, to not be a Christian. But I can only imagine what life must be like for those who aren't. I mean, life is hard no matter who you are, but to live life without an awareness or an appreciation for the grace of God must be exhausting. Imagine living where your outlook and your emotional state is determined by your constantly changing circumstances. Sure, you can choose positivity in the face of difficult circumstances. That's just good counseling. But at the end of the day, there's nothing that transcends your circumstances. There's no anchor for you when the storms of life are swirling. All you have to hope in is your own inner strength, which sounds noble and heroic, but if we are honest with ourselves, I think we could all admit that our inner strength is rarely strong enough. This is why we call the message of Jesus the good news. This is why God has called us to share this message to a world in need of good news. The grace of God. Being thankful in all circumstances it means that we're thankful by the grace of God and for the grace of God. But what does that look like in real life? How do we flesh that out? First of all, I would say, be a student of God's grace. When you live life with a continual awareness of God's grace towards you, you will see things in the midst of all circumstances that others don't see. But unfortunately, those of us who know God's grace, we can still live our life at the mercy of our circumstances. We tend to think of God's grace as the beginning of the Christian life, like I'm saved, I'm going to heaven because of the grace of God, but we don't live with a constant awareness. See, we too, as Christians, get tossed around 
by our circumstances, failing to anchor ourselves in the one who transcends those circumstances. Let me be clear, I'm not sharing this today because I'm better than you and I figured this thing out. I'm sharing it because I too find myself in that same place. I know grace, but yet I don't live life with a continual awareness as I should. I too need to be a student of God's grace. The second thing I would say is be real, be honest. See, when you're on the other side of those difficult circumstances, looking back, share your story. Testimony is a powerful thing that points people to Jesus. But as you share, be sure to be real and to be honest. As Christians, there's a temptation to over-spiritualize our story. Sometimes we, we call it being super spiritual, but sometimes it's, it's a little more subtle and it's just simply spiritual enhancement. We clean up our stories. We filter out the things that are not flattering. And then we insert language that sounds spiritual. Whether this is to make us look good or to make God look good, I'm not sure. But what happens is we make spiritual things seem weird. And I believe that weakens our testimony. See, being real and honest means that we can admit our faults and our failures in our story. And this allows for God to be the hero of our story. You see, I believe some of the most extraordinary testimonies of God's grace in difficult circumstances are told through ordinary stories. There's something powerful when we see ordinary things as spiritual and spiritual things in the ordinary. Let me give you an example of this. Um, It's a testimony. A testimony of seeing God at work in the ordinary of the not-so-ordinary year that is 2020. When you set in January and you're looking forward, this year is going to be... What are you thinking? Well, it was really normal back then. Yep. We had a normal life. Like, it just was exciting. We had just found out he was a boy. Yeah, so we kind of started planning. Getting the nursery ready once yeah. we knew we were having, just started all that. And, and uh, looking forward to him coming this year and, you know, merging him with the two older boys and seeing how a family with three kids goes. And that was our, we were looking forward to. And, February, we got together with our family, a lot of your family yeah, from South Dakota, and we met up and had this really fun weekend. And yeah. last um, time we'd seen any family. Yeah. So. so I think the biggest thing was planning his arrival, was yeah. our biggest thing. So, how did COVID change those things? <laughs> well, we couldn't share him with anyone. Yeah. Oh, and this is where I get emotional. Um, here I mean, we thought. You were going to have this baby, and we had a lot of Indiana family, um, you know, our close friends here, and we thought, this will be nice. We can have visitors come. We can share him, and... We go see our friends in Bloomington, and... Yeah. And um, we couldn't. We could And that was... That was, that was kind of sad. It, it's a, kind of a bummer. I really think, um, you know, with not having family here. Um, I think that is always a hard thing for me um, because I depend a lot on my mom and just having that connection. Um, honestly, the, the church here um, really came through for us with the meal train and text messages. I mean, just reaching out um, and knowing others are out there that may have experienced things um, like with his birth and following that, it was hard for me. And um, some individuals here reached out to me and it was really nice. It was it was like a, 
a family we didn't really know we had. Um, right. it, it was really nice to see just some individuals that we don't maybe really know. And all of a sudden they're, they're there for us. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it really touched our hearts for, um, for all those people um, that did things for us. I think actually 2020 was exciting. I mean, yeah, it was abnormal, but I mean, we had our new little guy and all that went great. And well, we didn't get to share them with people as early. We have gotten to share them and, you know. Yeah, so. for us, 2020 was exciting. Looking back, we can see God through it all. Looking back, we can see God through it all. Thankful in all circumstances. Remember a year ago, we at Radiant, we, we had big dreams for the year 2020. You may recall we launched a campaign called Vision 2020. And while we reached some of the tangible goals of that campaign, this year has been nothing like we had dreamed. Yet in hindsight, 2020 has given us a lot to be thankful for. Through it all, God has been at work. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. What a great privilege we have to walk in relationship with you. If we consider all that 2020 has been, I don't know what this would be like without your presence, without your help, without you working out your will and your plan for your glory. God, as challenging as this year has been, we can stop and reflect on who you are and what you have done. And we can say with confidence that there's much to be thankful for. Help us, Lord, to live with that thankfulness. And as we do, may it point to you and bring you glory. In Jesus' name.